Hey there, and welcome to Hormonally Speaking. I'm your host, Christine Garvin, a functional health coach. Each week, I speak with an incredible guest expert on all things women's hormones. We're here to empower you to take back control of your body, health, and well-being, and to learn about the latest in research and solutions when it comes to getting your hormones happy. No part of this podcast should be construed as medical advice, and we always recommend working with a professional practitioner to figure out what's best for your body. Now let's dive in with today's guest. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Hormonally Speaking. I am really pumped this week um, to chat with my guest because as I was just telling her, I have been going on my own ADHD journey, um, trying to figure some things out recently, and we're going to be talking all about ADHD and hormones today and how it's all interconnected, and I know that there's a lot of women out there that just found out that they had ADHD during COVID or maybe learned that they might have it, and so it's like, it's a big thing right now, right? So we're going to talk about all of that, and um, you're going to learn so much, and I'm excited to learn alongside you with my guest today, Adele Wimsett, who is a women's health practitioner and cyclical living expert. Having co-authored the book, Essential Feminine Wisdom, she is passionate about educating women and girls on how to harness the power of their cyclical nature. From menarche to menopause, Adele br- bridges the woo and the science, supporting women to balance their hormones naturally. I love that. Adele's niche within the women's health arena is specializing in supporting ADHD women to understand how their hormones affect their traits. Welcome, Adele. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yes, super excited to talk about this, as I was saying to you before and um, just brought up with the audience. Um, Let's start really simple and talk about what ADHD is for those Mm. that, you know, aren't quite aware of all of it that it encompasses. So ADHD is a really poorly named umbrella term (laughs) for three different subtypes, first of all. So it stands for attention deficit hyperactive disorder. But many of us don't identify with the hyperactive bit externally as it's kind of been seen. And we don't have a problem with attention when we're really interested in something. So it's a really poor name anyway, which there's a lot of debate about. But underneath it at the moment, there are three subtypes. Now, those subtypes um, are inattentive. ADHD, which I think in the States is called ADD still. Mm -hmm. Then we have the at the other end of the scale, we have hyperactive. And then in the middle, we have combined type, which for us lucky ones, we get all of it together. (laughs) So it's these three umbrella terms and it can manifest differently in every person that you meet. And Mm -hmm. also in women, it can present quite differently, which is why we've got the short straw with understanding down to that beautiful thing the gender bias that exists in the research around it which I'm Mm. sure we could deep dive into but in a nutshell (laughs) (laughs) that's what it is in terms of terminology Mm -hmm. so what is this kind of resurgence it's not a resurgence it's just I think about when I was growing up as a kid all these people, but really boys, were getting diagnosed with, you know, ADD at the time, and now it's ADHD. Um, And yet we're sort of seeing this coming out in a different way and women really identifying with it now in a way that I don't think happened before Mm. and that girls, you know, didn't get diagnosed with that, maybe didn't identify with it. What do you, you know, what is that all about? I think it's quite complex. I think it's very easy to kind of go, oh, it's social media or it's this it's not I think there's a variety of factors one of them being we're much more we have much more accessible information giving us a broad range of what ADHD looks like in real life for women Mm -hmm. to go oh my god that's me you know and being able to then we love to know why so we find ourselves down rabbit holes for days (laughs) oh my god this is me this is me and then still go is this me I'm not sure if I'm a fraud here right so this journey I also think we are living at a time where I don't believe women have been quite as stressed chronically for so long and our nervous systems are absolutely wired so perhaps before when life wasn't quite consistently as stressful as it was our mu- we were much better able to mask to fit the gender stereotypes of what we're meant to do as a woman and a little girl so we hid it a lot better because mm-hmm. there weren't so many competing demands on our nervous system mm-hmm. so I think that's one of the reasons as well also the fact that women are kind of going wait a minute I'm missing from this kind of whole 
young, naughty little white boy explanation of what ADHD meant. We are not the naughty child generally bouncing off the classroom walls. It's so much deeper and complex than that. So I think there's a variety of things that are influencing this oh my gosh, this is me, because I still, I I run a community to support ADHD women. And even recently, there was a woman who went to her local doctor and he told her explicitly, you cannot have ADHD because you're a woman. I mean, like, when were you last trained in like 1982? (laughs) What are you talking about? So, but this is still there. So these complexities that are there because it presents so differently. We learn from the minute we are born how to be a good girl, you know, and we can recognize like, I'm not quite like that. We jump in and finish people's sentences. We get really excited. We, you know, these kind of things. And we go, oh, we're not meant to be doing that on some level. So we learn to mark. and then we kind of hide these bits of our personality which takes so much energy and we're doing it subconsciously it's not a manipulative thing we're learning to survive and so it gets lost and quite often we have this hormonal shift at adolescence the lid comes off Mm. and it can show some of our behavior Mm -hmm. and then we have this as we know the second puberty almost at perimenopause which is where we all go okay the lid is officially (laughs) off I am not why do this anymore here I am why am I not coping like everyone else is and this is where we're seeing a massive rise in diagnosis makes total sense and I've been calling it functional ADHD right I think so many women are it's kind of like I mean it's not the same at all as a functional alcoholic but the ability to sort of like function in the world to where people don't notice these things Mm. because we've learned we've adapted so well but like you said start to hit perimenopause and things just go a little haywire right we can't have the same control and we often get misdiagnosed you know women I see all the time have spent years on antidepressants anti-anxiety medication it's not quite hit the mark but it's like we don't really know what else to do with you so take this yes and I think you know I cannot tell you the number of times and I'm sure you've experienced this I don't know what conversations you've had but where people have said to me, you can't have ADHD, you're far too well put together. And I'm like, yes. thank you very much for your psychological yeah. assessment. That's really helpful. <laughs> um, but actually, you don't see what's going on inside. And when we're talking about this hyperness, yes, we can be physically hyper. I mean, I'm never sitting still, but internally, the hyperness. I mean, I speak very quickly, as you can tell, so we can have hyper speech, hyper thought. And I love this explanation of there being like 100 TV screens on, all talking mm-hmm. in a different language, with a theme tune playing in the background. Around, and mm. that's just how we function mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis yeah so yeah. and we're just showing up like hi <laughs> you know this is fine and it's like everything's wow. great yeah. yeah yeah you're not hearing what's going on inside yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned the the talking part because it's actually what somebody said to me recently how they could tell that I was ADHD because mm. they are and it's it's a woman and you know she's tuned into I don't know that I talk that fast but sort of the jumping around yeah. right like when I started telling a story yeah. I'm like oh but I gotta back up and tell you this part of the story and then oh I gotta yeah. back up it's so yeah it's like, and this is, you know, when we think about why this gets missed in girls, like we can start to feel like not social anxiety, maybe for some women, but we kind of avoid social situations because when we were learning to socialize in groups, people would be talking about something. We're thinking about it. The conversation moves on. And then 20 minutes later, we go, we start talking about that thing. That we're just, <laughs> like, what? We were talking about that. We've moved on from that. I'm like, well, I'm still talking about that. I'm still thinking about it. You're like I'm processing. So, okay. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Mm, what was that about? So yeah. And then we learn to just keep quiet so yeah. that we don't look stupid. Right, right. Mm. Well, so I definitely want to dive way deep into the connection between ADHD and hormones. But tell us your story first. Like, how did you figure out you had it? You Mm. know, what, what was your process like? I will summarize it briefly, but my background was actually in safeguarding where I specialized in female offending. So I used to manage a multi-agency team. And at the time it came to my attention for one of the team members that I might have ADHD. But of course I was managing offenders and everything we knew about that at the time really was about boys. And I was like, I used to joke and go, oh, I've got ADHD. You know, I used to quite Mm -hmm. flippantly. Um, And I was like, well, I've always been successful. I say in inverted commas. So I'm like, well, you know, I have I really, I don't know, didn't, like, it's not going to be a big thing in my life, whatever. And then several years ago, 
COVID, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, why is everyone like managing this homeschooling, this working, like this being contained in with people all the time? <laughs> like everyone's finding it tough, but I'm like, I feel like I've got a bit more of an edge on this. Mm-hmm. And then I started seeing some patterns in my daughter where someone said, mm, if you considered ADHD, so as a good parent I am, I trotted along to this ADHD support group to hear a psych talk and he was amazing. And within two minutes, he's like, never considered getting a diagnosis. <laughs> and four weeks later, I was fully diagnosed with combined, severe combined type, actually. And I had, like, so I still went in, even though I'd done hours and hours and hours of research. And I knew a lot about special educational needs from my background. I still went in going, I could be such a fraud sat here now. What if he says I haven't got it? What's actually wrong with right. me now? I know all these things. <laughs> and then he sort of circled in big writing ADHD. And I had never felt so validated in my life. I burst out crying, which I didn't expect. He's like, do you do this? Do you do this? Do you do this? I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. I was like, doesn't everybody? <laughs> He's like, it. no. I was like, oh. And I think the sad, saddest thing of the diagnosis for me, I didn't have a huge sadness. I felt I was like, yes, I know what it is. And I know how to harness its power now and be understanding and kind and compassionate to myself about the other mm. bits instead of fighting myself. Um, but I think the sadness was I realized how much energy I've spent my whole life overcompensating for my traits mm. because women with ADHD get judged for having character flaws that are their traits and have we spend we then if we have something called rejection sensitivity disorder which is rsd alongside it which is very common in adhd women particularly noticeable in little girls we disguise this kind of um getting something wrong or not being liked this people pleasing and I remember so much of the little girl trying to be the good girl so much. And if I yeah. didn't get 100% on a test or a teacher went, oh, Adele, it was like <gasps> right. internally. Devastating, you know? yeah. Yeah, this mm-hmm. criticism, which I I just was like, oh, she's a sensitive child. Um, I don't consider myself that. Yeah. But that pain, it was like a bomb of a thousand pins going off yeah. inside of me. It was like a physical pain. So that kind of understanding now allows me to parent my children better because I can see it in them and manage that in them so yeah it's like a constant unfolding of getting that diagnosis it's just the beginning of that reflective process well I'm glad you brought up these different components too because I think a Mm. lot of people aren't aware of them you know and so it's just like understanding that's what's so beautiful about getting into this kind of thing and a diagnosis I know a lot of people there's a lot of debate whether diagnosis is or diagnosi, I don't know, whatever the it's plural is. Yeah. yeah. You know, are, are putting people in a box, you know, and it, but it's so freeing for so many of mm. us, right? Particularly, yeah, getting into those little things. Like I can remember so much being devastated at any little thing that it seemed like mm. I did wrong, right? Which is a tough, it's a tough way to grow up, right? Mm. It's a tough it way. Is. It's a painful Right. Because we really, we need to fail in order to learn and it's okay to fail. But if you are so afraid of that failure and other people. Debilitation. Yeah. Yeah. Like how that can sort of stunt your growth. And you know, this like, oh, people just want a label. I'm like, if you had diabetes, you'd want to know. You'd want to know that you had it. So you managed it properly and it's changed everything. I mean, for me, when I got that diagnosis, because of the work that I do with hormones, I'm like, okay what do hormones what are my hormones doing around my ADHD I was like oh yeah I don't know because there's practically zero research (laughs) on it and I was like okay like if this does not highlight the gender bias that exists in some medicine practices I don't know what does I'm like how are my hormones affecting my traits I, I don't know they're like, oh, you we know, can't so study like, that because your hormones make it too complicated to study. Yeah, <laughs> let, let's much. not worry about that. Don't worry about yeah. 50% of the world's population. Yeah. They'll be fine. We'll just yeah. try an approach that works for boys and just cross yeah. our fingers and hope for the best. Yep, we'll just give you the same medication. We'll do all this. Yeah, sure, thing. you'll be fine. Yeah. 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 So can I ask you, before we get into the hormones, what was, um, I guess, the first steps that you took once you got the diagnosis? What, you know, what, I guess, how, in what ways did that empower you? Well, first of all, I became an ADHD walking, talking awareness campaign. I was like, oh my God, everyone needs to know about this. And I was constantly going, that's my ADHD. That's my ADHD. That's my ADHD. Yeah. So I had conversations 
conversations with the most important people in my life. Like you need to sit down and understand this about me. And it was so, I was so lucky to have such beautiful people around me that I was able, that's like really deepened our understanding mm. and connection and you also start to have like the equivalent of gaydar my my daughter's mm-hmm. like mommy you think everyone's got adhd i'm like once you know you know like, i'm like i know <laughs> yeah so um and it's just created this massive community around me which i just was never an intention but through being vulnerable and speaking up mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. um it's gone it's brought these amazing women into my life so I went down to understand it I personally am not medicated mm-hmm. um a lot of women in my community find medication the absolute like game changer for mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. um but a lot don't so for me I'm always like well what's the answer then yeah. what's the what do I need so it's yeah. been I think I realized a lot of the things I was already doing in my lifestyle had subconsciously been strategies yeah. that manage my ADHD naturally yeah so you know yoga breath work you know some of the meditation practices not all of them my supplementation my diet the way mm-hmm. I'm like a nutter about my circadian rhythm you know mm-hmm. these kind of things mm-hmm. I think had probably managed the severity of my ADHD without me realizing that's why I was doing it. I just thought I liked it. Right. And I'm glad that you brought that up because it comes back again and again with whatever, you know, of course we talk about a ton of hormonal issues here on the podcast, Mm. whatever hormonal issues you have, you have to get the foundations in place, right? And everything you just named are the foundations, your circadian rhythm, what you're eating, you know, how you're moving your body. Are you getting restful time in your day? All of those things. So, you know, it it, it may not, that's going to take care of hopefully 90% of it, right? There's still 10% that we need to do other things for, but it's amazing, you know, that we're always searching for like the big like answer. And it just comes back to honestly living the way that we did for all of yeah. all of human time, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, how often do I find myself going, I wish we still lived in caves. It was I know, so right? much simpler then. <laughs> like that everything PED. I'm it. just like, yeah, <laughs> let's keep it simple. And we need to strip it back. And I'm sure you see this in your work is we can get really caught up in the complexities of this test and this new yeah. supplementation program we think it's like are you sleeping right. are you eating properly yes. what are you what relaxation are you doing where are you just doing nothing mm-hmm. you know and that can be really hard for us I find that in the ADHD world we're either like this inner motor that mm-hmm. is just like unstoppable and we're mm-hmm. like this machine that keeps going or we're like always paralyzed under a blanket going I know there's loads of stuff I really need to be doing and it's taunting <laughs> me but I just physically can't move to do it yeah you know, I, we kind of have all of that. And that can be different each day. 100%. So on that note, let's talk about how ADHD impacts our nervous system. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, where to start? I mean, I would say, I think most women's nervous systems are frazzled anyway. But what I see through my clinic is... And again, you know, I'm talking hypothetically, full disclosure, the research is not here to support any of this. So I literally bring in my training and experience around hormones with my understanding and training with ADHD and try and bridge them together Mm -hmm. until we have a, and then like science will catch us up at some point, but this is what we do. And if we, to kind of look at this within the context of the hormone hierarchy where cortisol is queen bee, we're talking about hormones. We often go straight in at progesterone and estrogen. It's like, forget that because if our cortisol always dysregulated there is no point trying to sort your progesterone out and so what I see in neurodivergent women when we talk back to that little girl who was terrified of getting nine out of ten instead of ten out of ten in a test we think about our HPA axis and that stress response Mm -hmm. that's dysregulated Mm -hmm. from time before we can even remember Mm -hmm. and I personally believe we go into this dysregulated state that is our norm that we're constantly scanning our environment for potential threats or triggers that are going to make us have that feeling inside of getting something wrong, which is where I think the perfectionism comes in because we're constantly striving to not be caught out. We're not doing that consciously, but that's it. It's like got to get everything right all of the time. And that is exhausting. So our nervous system is literally frazzled and as we know this can go for years our adrenals are amazing right they're like I've got you I've got you I've got you until I've not got you yeah and then it's like okay I'm really tired now I cannot hold you anymore yeah so we I believe that our nervous systems are hyper stimulated from a very young age and obviously this then impacts all our other hormones so talking about non-negotiable ways to 
support your nervous system, it really is a non-negotiable in your ADHD plan. You know, you can't afford to let that go. And self-care is too weak of a word to describe that. But creating this time where you nourish your nervous system in whatever way works for you. And I don't think sitting quietly, silently in a room using this very mask model of silencing the mind and meditation is that effective for us mm-hmm. sometimes it is work until 10 o'clock at night to finish the stuff so you can start thinking about it and then relax mm-hmm. because we can't unhook, unhook out of it right mm-hmm. you know quite often yeah. my husband will say baby you're gonna put the laptop down and I sit down to him like rigid frozen he's like you're still thinking about the thing aren't you I'm like I just need to do the thing and then I can relax (laughs) right and that might be our approach that might not be right for a neurotypical person but we have to honor that nervous system we have to get outside and move our body in the fresh air we have to ground our feet on the earth and just be in our body when was the last time you checked in with how your body actually feels you know are your shoulders up by your ear where are you you hold intention it's like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh Mm -hmm. just breathe breathe deeply into your body just for a second so it's just finding these little ways to honor that and build those adrenals back up whether it's supplementation these you know stress mitigation practices that work for you we have to support our nervous system because I'm yet to find an ADHD woman who hasn't got a frazzled one yeah and I think that that is so important for, you know, I work with a decent amount of women that, Mm. I mean, we're always going to target the cortisol. We're always going to target the nervous system, you know, and a lot of times, you know, it's like they do all of the things and they're like, I don't understand why this isn't shifting, you know? And, Mm. and so it's like, this is another piece of the puzzle, the ADHD aspect, right? Of, I think that there's even a decent amount of women who may not have had it as much or, you know, just had a, didn't have it at all, maybe, or just at a very low level before that we live in this time now where it's just triggered it to Mm. come out in such a much bigger way, you know, but I think about me testing cortisol probably the first time in my late twenties and not understanding why I already had this like sort of high cortisol going on Mm. across the board, you know, it's Mm. like, well, why can't my body handle these things, you know, and I'm trying to do these different things. It's not helping. And now it, it just sort of makes sense of mm-hmm. having ADHD and having your system sort of already up here, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd already put together by that point that, you know, my mom was under high anxiety while yeah. she was carrying me, you know, yeah. and we do know from research that that impacts the growing baby, right? Sets your system on a higher level already, you know? And so I can imagine that there's, again, probably not a lot of research on this, but a connection between that (laughs) and ADHD, right? So it's like, you're, I I just love that you're talking about this because I think it's just another piece of the puzzle when women are like, I don't understand why I can't like level out my cortisol. And it's like, oh, have you thought about this part of it? Yeah. And that is such an important point and a conversation I've had recently that I feel that we are this generation of women who are the most educated in history we have the most access to the best access to any career that we really want to do and we've been told this bullshit lie that we can be mothers and good wives and all the other stereotypical nonsense at the same time it's a lie yeah (laughs) we can just we can do all these things and you think your cortisol is going to be all right with that you add in neurodiversity with that and then you're building a baby in your dysregulated nervous system and I'm I did this twice (laughs) without Mm. completely because it was just how we live right Right, and I look back and say just as you've said the us as women are building babies in our own dysregulated nervous system and we think their nervous system is going to be all right you know (laughs) no (laughs) yeah yeah so um you know I guess if we're talking about getting into dealing with with the nervous system and we're talking about cortisol we do know often as we head into perimenopause I talk about this a lot right I talk about stress and how much it really impacts us even more deeply kind of like when we were maybe able to handle it a bit mm. better, we had the high cortisol, but we're still like cruising for a while. Right. Mm. And then suddenly you start hitting perimenopause and it's like, oh no, your brain is starting to downregulate that cortisol. Right. And that's mm. when you have that struggle to get out of bed in the morning situation start to happen. Mm. What can you talk about what's going on there and sort of how, you know, women can approach that? 
Do you mean within an ADHD context yeah. or generally? Yeah. 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 So I, the thing that's really hard for ADHD women that it's hard enough to make change as it is. Now, if you add in for us, A, if you don't really understand what's happening, for, we need to know the why of absolutely everything. I mean, I'm watching my ADHD chat group tonight and they're like, what are people in America called radiators? And I'm like, I love that we need to even ask this question. (laughs) You know, we need to know why. So if we don't understand why this is happening, we can't do anything about it. We find it really hard to hook into the motivation to make change. So the Mm. first thing is understand, maybe get a cortisol pattern test done, Mm. see what's happening so you can see the data of your unique pattern. The second thing, I think finding someone to support you properly with how to do this. Don't try and grab things, chuck them at the wall and just hope that something sticks, right? Mm. One of the Mm. things with ADHD women that I see is we never give up on finding a solution. No matter how Mm. crap we feel, we're always like, there's got to be an answer. We don't (laughs) accept that no is the answer. There's got to be an answer to this. And I love that in us. And then it's that finding that way to balance it out. So we need to look at the impact. What, What we need to do is break down what is an ADHD trait and what is a symptom of hormone imbalance, mm. whether that be cortisol, insulin, progesterone, what, estrogen, whatever that is, because estrogen plays such a massive role for us. We need to understand that. Mm-hmm. And until we do that, it's really difficult to manage either one properly. We need mm-hmm. to learn how to manage things like that cortisol dysreg- that cortisol imbalance, not being able to get up in the morning and having a second wind at night. Mm-hmm. We need to understand, it's not just, oh, well, I'm just a night person, I'm just a night owl. No, there's probably something going on with your cortisol that needs addressing so that you can sleep yes. and putting those things in place. It's really working to understand your body. Yeah. And we're not taught that as women, you know? We're yeah. not taught, and I'm sure you get this, a number of women that say to me, why has no one told me this? Yeah. I've spent decades trying to do all the stuff and I just needed to know this. Yeah. So yeah. does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, this thing that happens for so many women, their 20s and their 30s, they are able to kind of manage, even if they don't yeah. feel quite as good as they want to, they're still sort of riding high. And then suddenly, 35 or maybe 40 for some women, some women are still fine in their late thirties, mm. but suddenly 40 hits and they're like, holy crap, <laughs> Like, yeah. what happened here? You know? Yeah. And I think in that season, that is where we're seeing these ADHD traits come up because of what's happening with the estrogen and progesterone. Yeah. So when we're looking at the dopamine being an issue, I mean, they still don't really know what causes ADHD, mm. but there's some kind of theories out there around something to do with dopamine it's yep. really what we've got yep. and what we know is that estrogen sensitizes dopamine so when we've got that in our 20s and 30s mm-hmm. all our strategies whether we're conscious of them or not we're all right you mm-hmm. know we're kind of getting through it and it's okay until we go into our premenstrual phase so we know that women with ADHD are at much greater risk of having PMDD than the general mm-hmm. population mm-hmm. so we have this much harder time and this is usually due to progesterone mm-hmm. because estrogen gets us like oh okay I'm functioning we're good progesterone kicks in for neurotypical women that's like nice and calming relaxing we're all good for neuro divergent women it's like raining on our parade because we've got the estrogen keeping us really happy with the dopamine and the progesterone is like hi i'm here to dampen all of that so we have this really tough time for some of us right so then we go into perimenopause progesterone kind of drops off a cliff so any benefits we could have been having from that gone estrogen is just floating around but probably on this general decline Mm -hmm. and we're just like what fresh hell is this what (laughs) is this like all this stuff I thought I was on top of and I believe this is what takes so long for women to get diagnosed because when we're naturally fluctuating and cycling we kind of go oh I'm all right most of the time and then we have this awful week potentially where all our traits are like out the box. We're right. exhausted, overwhelmed, can't keep on top of anything. Just doing the stuff we need to do feels really hard. Then we come out of it when estrogen rises. We're like, oh, she's having a bad week. Yeah. And we stay in that cycle for years yep. until perimenopause comes when we haven't got so much of that fluctuation and it just right. all becomes really quite messy. Right. And then we go, okay, I can't do this anymore. Right. There's something else going on. Yeah. And I mean, it's so true. I mean, as you know, the progesterone starts to go down and I always tell women, you know, think post 35, it's not 48, like a lot of doctors 
are yeah. going to tell you, you know, yeah. um, but also this estrogen, the, like, especially, yeah. you know, late 40s, early forties, it's like up, down, up, down all over the place. Yeah. And so absolutely you're dealing with throughout the month, all these sort of dips and, you know, valleys and ups and downs that you may not have encountered before. And so that's why going back again to, we talked about cortisol already, but let's mm. also talk about insulin because like, oh, you know, yeah. another one that's so impactful that I think a lot of people don't think about when we're talking sex mm. hormones. Oh my gosh. And if we're not dealing with these queen bees of cortisol and insulin, don't bother with the rest. Yes. You know, we have to do this. And I, interestingly, there are studies that are showing that ADHD people are much higher risk of type two diabetes than the general mm. population. There's like a pin there's one study that has shown that we are that we have a link with PCOS so there's this link with PCOS and ADHD I've recently been doing some um, work looking at endo and ADHD and a really mm. high population there so we're seeing this but of course we've not got the information to back it up right. now when we come back to that PCOS and diabetes I believe one of the reasons that there's this link is we're not very good at eating right? Um, I'll expand on that. We have much more challenge, many more challenges around how we eat than new, the general population. Okay. Mm. And the reasons being, we get completely distracted and forget to eat mm. until we like could eat a small child, you know, we're <laughs> then like, oh my God, I need to eat now. Yeah. We don't notice our body signals as much as other people do. So we might not notice that we need a wee until our bad blood is about explode mm. or we might not realize we've not drunk water all day until we go oh my god I haven't had a drink it's mm. been eight hours so we get completely distracted especially if we're hyper focused on something right right I mean if I get if I'm interested so we're talking about the attention deficit if you ask me to do something I'm not interested in you can explain it to me 30 times I am not going to take that in if I'm interested I can sit for days in that space mm. I mean one of my kids would have to have a broken leg and I'll still be like oh could you go and ask daddy <laughs> I don't want to come out of it. I'm so in it. Yeah. So we get into that levitation where we don't want to stop because we have to eat. It's like a, a, an irritation. So if we have to eat, it might be stuff that's going to mess with our blood sugar. Right. We can find eating really boring. Mm. So it's like some people are like, I'll oh, just eat to survive. So it's going to be like cheese and crackers. You know, mm -hmm. it's that kind of basic. Yeah. We can also find it really difficult to follow recipes if there's just not because we're not intelligent enough to, but because it's boring and we so don't want boring. to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or there's something that involves too many steps. So I had a client today who were trying to look at caffeine. She's like, I'd really love to swap my morning coffee for cacao. She's like, but I've got the block of cacao there. Mm -hmm. she's like but I look at it and I'm like oh, but I've got to get a chopping board and a knife I just can't be bothered mm -hmm. so it's that like to anyone else that might look really well just cut it it's easy <laughs> and to us it's like no I'd rather go without mm -hmm. because it's just too much so these kind of factors I think play a role I don't think they're the only reason but they play a role in it being much more challenging for us to find this consistency of balancing our blood sugars mm, because it's like you know yeah let's make scrambled eggs and smoked salmon and avocado rocket with olive oil for breakfast and like, I would love to devour that if someone else is going to make it for me yeah but yeah. the steps involved in getting to that point is like no I'm just going to eat a bit of bread with butter on it <laughs> you know that's yeah. what it is. or grab the croissant and a coffee I would say that that is probably you just explained 90 percent of my clients <laughs> <laughs> whether they have ADHD or not. But I think yeah. as, as we've been talking about, I think it's much more common than people realize. But, you know, um, I, it's funny because sometimes too, as a coach, I will say, you know, they're like, oh, I don't have enough time to do that during the week. So I'm like, okay, on Sundays, like, Make a bunch of eggs that are, you know, yeah. Yeah, that are hard boiled yeah. and put it in the fridge. Yeah. And people are like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it works. But I it works. Like, exactly. Just hard boil about yeah. a thousand eggs, stick them in the fridge, the fridge, get a packet of salmon, handful of rocket, go duff, duff, duff. Exactly. Don't make it any more complicated. Yes. If you want to spend hours in the kitchen making kale crisps and spirulina the smoothies, amazing. But yeah. if you don't, that is fine. You know, yeah. we want to balance that sugar. eat a handful of cashews if that's all you can do but Absolutely. get that protein and fat in you so your yeah. cortisol and insulin are not dysregulated from the get-go because yeah. they will amplify your adhd traits they will yeah. set you off on such a bad foot if you you know are starving yourself to like half 11 12 in the day because you've forgotten to eat eat the nuts right. you know whatever's yeah. quick and easy just so that doesn't happen it's going to be a 
step towards moving to a to a more regulated place. Right. I've had um, some clients too that will say, "Oh yeah, I just kind of naturally intermittent fast because they forget to eat until noon." You know, I'm like, "Well, <laughs> there's a let's lot have a chat of about issues that. with this day." <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah. "Let's talk about getting some protein in that first mm. hour in the day." You know, yeah. I mean, I I love everything that you're saying because I think whether you have ADHD or not, so many women do feel overwhelmed in their lives. Yeah. And when you give them too many like preparatory things to do or just yeah. make it too hard, they're going to be like, no, I'm going to pick up the thing from Starbucks or I'm going to yeah. whatever, you know? And and so it's like, we have to make these things easier instead of this idea and this is, of perfection. Yeah. And yeah. this is where we start to harness the power of our cycle. Know which phase of your cycle you can be asked to do the prep right? Mm, Where it's like, mm -hmm. make use of that estrogen, like an hour on a Sunday, you're going to hate that hour of your life, mm -hmm. but you're going to be so grateful to yourself for the rest of the month, make up smoothie packs and shove them in the freezer, yes. do a massive lunch in the, I could eat the same thing every single day as long as I don't have to make it from scratch, you right. know, make a right. massive lunch all yeah. in the freezer during that phase. And yeah. every single day of that month, I'm like, I'm so grateful to myself for making yeah. this because otherwise yeah. it's cheese and crackers because right. I'm busy and I'm going to grab that because it's easy and I cannot be bothered to make anything. And this is how we start using the power of our cycle yeah. to make us feel better generally but manage our traits from an ADHD perspective so I teach my clients how to track their ADHD traits against their cycle mm. and then use that data to plan their diary so they yeah. know like don't go out of your friends during that week like just don't do it use that week to batch cook use that week mm -hmm. to put all your supplements in the little pots for the month ahead you know all mm -hmm. that stuff we hate mm -hmm. doing yeah just use that time then and that's yeah. how you start to make an ADHD friendly lifestyle from a hormone perspective I love that because you know I certainly talk a lot about tracking your cycle mm. and that's such a revelation right to so many women yeah. because of course we've never been taught about that um yeah. and you know it can be um some people can feel unmotivated I think around doing that at first but mm. I explain often like all of the different things in your life that can be better if you start tracking your cycle and this is just another one if you have ADHD I mean it, it makes so much sense to me do you know what? I think it's the biggest act of rebellion as a yeah. woman to yeah. know your unique rhythm and cycle yeah. and uh, manage your life around it as much as humanly possible. Bear in mind, we've got this little thing of patriarchy that we've kind of got. <laughs> Getting in with. the way. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, yeah. but actually trying to manage that is such an act of rebellion and reclamation yeah. yep. of our power of coming yep. back and going this Absolutely. same thing every single day approach does not work for me. Stop telling me to hit the gym five days a week. Stop telling me that I should be intermittent fasting aggressively. Stop telling me I should be on a mm -hmm. keto diet because that works really well for men it doesn't support my body yep. and I need to take that back yep. and look at the advice that is evidence-based and supportive for women that is intuitive to my body that feels good to me because if ADHD is at anything we are so emotionally intelligent and intuitive mm -hmm. to what we and others need and that is one of our superpowers so we need to take that real control of that I feel really passionately about us kind of reclaiming yes. that I love it. I think that's mm. just all of it in a nutshell, right? I mean, that's mm. what I try and do in my work too, um, because we have, you know, been so disempowered in general mm. around our bodies. And then of course, everything that's going on in the United States right now and around the world just continues to disempower us. And so it's like, yeah. we really have to step into this. Um, and, you know, not just for our health, and the health of our children, you know, but if you actually want to enjoy life, right, this mm -hmm. is the thing too, is that there's um, so uh, such a struggle with enjoyment, obviously, if you don't have energy, if you're, you know, yeah. just like this up and down all the time, right, you're just constantly overtaken by moods, you know, mood swings and things like that. It's like, you can't really enjoy your life in the way that you, we should, you know, have a the right to, in my opinion, you know? And so that rebellion yeah. is getting you to actually, you know, enjoy your life. Hey. Yeah. And that is one of the most consistent things I see on my consultation forms from women. And I say, what do you want? Mm -hmm. I just want to feel more balanced. I yeah. want to feel more energized. I want to enjoy my life again. Yeah. They are like, why are so many women? That is like a basic human need. Yeah. Why are so many of us going, 
showing up like we do, yeah. juggling all the plates, keeping it all going yeah. and feeling like crap. Yeah. I just want to have some energy. I just yeah. want to be able to sleep. I just don't want to feel like I want to kill the people I love on yeah. a monthly basis yeah. it's not a lot to ask you know we just need the tools and the education with what was ta- it was taken from us eons ago this would have been passed down from grandmother to mother to daughter this information about how to honor our bodies and it's yeah. been removed and I'm so I'm so grateful to be living at a time where there's this resurgence and this yep. remembering and I yes. believe that this work I feel so passionate about it because I believe I'm part of something that I won't live to see the outcome of, but I feel privileged to have a really big mouth on a soapbox waving the flag for this change to come about. Oh, I love it. So good. Mm. Yeah. So motivating. Mm. So can we talk a little bit about your thoughts on as women do move deeper into perimenopause and maybe they, you know, decide to look into bioidentical hormone replacement therapy yeah. and how that fits in with the ADHD picture. I love this. Okay. <laughs> so this is the challenge that women, ADHD women has. Okay. We have, as we love in the medicine world, we have the ADHD doctory side on one side and then we have the HRT and the hormones on this side and never the two shall meet okay so usually if you speak to your ADHD professional about your hormones if you're lucky they might know that it has some kind of influence but it's likely going to be told oh no I don't deal with that and the same in the hormone world they're not going to have a clue how your ADHD is affected for your HRT which is why podcasts like you are doing here are so incredible because it allows you to be empowered with the information to advocate for yourself now what I try and do is provide the bridge between these two services to bring it together because HRT is a fundamental part of ADHD management in perimenopause and as you've said there I'm not a fan of all HRT the right type of HRT taken the right way with the right support can be a game changer and that is because when we're looking at the brain and the parts of the brain that have hormone receptors on that tells us that those parts of the brain rely on those hormones in order to function optimally and that's where we're looking at things like our executive dysfunction the issues that we see in ADHD have all these hormone receptors Mm. so when these hormones drop off a cliff in perimenopause it would make sense that we're going to have a really tough time so why would you not replace them if you're a diabetic you would get insulin. If you had a thyroid issue, you would probably get thyroxine. We need to remove this stigma that by taking this type of HRT is some kind of failure to managing perimenopause, particularly as a neurodivergent woman. It needs to be part of your treatment plan. If that's what you choose, some women choose that and that's fine, but understand that it can be a fundamental part of managing your traits during that season it's hard enough like people we don't need to make this any harder for ourselves you know it's there for us it can be supportive it's not for every woman as we know but having a space to explore that and titrate it in and see how it affects you I'm a big fan Yes, absolutely. And I always say this on the podcast in my blogs, you know, if you don't have a doctor who is open to HRT, it's time to find another one. You Anyone know, it's, it's time to find Shout one loudly. Yeah, yeah. that understands it and is going to work with you through this process and understand there's multiple avenues of HRT and BHRT, you know, and if one doesn't work, another one might. And there's so many beyond ADHD, you know, it's like our, our bone health, our heart health, our brain health for the long term. Oh my gosh. Is, yeah. you know, it's without those hormones, this is the major issues that women have in old age is osteoporosis, yeah. dementia, you know, heart disease. So, you know, there's so many reasons for it. Old people's homes are full of women who wouldn't be there if they had HRT. You know, there is so much misinformation about it. And I could literally get on my soapbox (laughs) and talk to you all day about HRT. (laughs) So I'm so passionate about it. About women understanding it to make a properly informed decision. Because it does, as you said, protects us so much. And I, I mean, I think this is something that people like you and women in the women's health world have done such an uncelebrated, incredible job of doing mm-hmm. is raising awareness around this because the medical world haven't done it. Right. They have not. You know, I, even today I had one of my clients come back to me and say, she's gone with a Dutch test that shows no progesterone mm-hmm. in her mid 40s. And the doctor's mm-hmm. like, well, why do you need it? Because I, I haven't got any. 
I haven't got any progesterone. I'm like, what else do you want me to do? I've got right. this list of symptoms. I've got this lab report yeah. Yeah. that says no progesterone. <laughs> At what point can like, you prescribe me? Yeah. And no, this, they're like, go we, on uh, antidepressants instead. Yeah, yeah. Just wait until you've got, you, have you got a dry vagina? Yeah. And are you having hot flushes? No. Well, then you don't need HRT. I'm like, yeah. come on. You know, the lead professors on menopause in the world are saying we need to treat eight women with HRT much earlier in their yes. early 40s when they are presenting with symptoms like anxiety and low mood and sleep disruption. Yeah. These are the first signs of perimenopause and they're huge in ADHD women. Mm. So why would you not consider, even if it's progesterone early only for yes. that first phase, yep. you know, 100%. you haven't yep. got it. So yep. yeah, as you can tell, I get very <laughs> passionate about that. Oh girl, I'm like, we could go on it. There could be a whole episode just on this yeah. easily for sure. You did bring up um, thyroxine and and that's mm. one other a- aspect that, you know, talking about the thyroid and ADHD, because mm. I definitely um, have some personal experience with that. So I'd love to hear what you, what you have to say about it. So this, it comes back to understanding the factors that affect how the thyroid functions, right? And it comes back to our lovely adrenals in so many women. So again, the research is non-existent. So what do we know? We have to come back and know, okay, I see a disproportionate of number of ADHD women with some level of thyroid imbalance, okay? They might not be meeting medical thresholds, right. but there's stuff going on there. Yeah. And I believe that this is due to our cortisol and our stress response because we are in this dysregulated state basically for the minute we're born and this we know that this stops our thyroid working Mm -hmm. properly when we're in this stress state so of course we are going to see a disproportionate amount of thyroid issues in ADHD women who by my personal clinical experience I'm not saying you know again this is research-based have a much more stressed system and so this is what I see in my mm-hmm. clinical practice. Mm-hmm. Do you find that um, a lot of these women need to go on thyroid medication or thyroid glandulars or if they take care of sort of the cortisol piece that that often levels out the thyroid? Yeah, that's what I see. So generally, by when they've kind of come to me, I'm like, we need to really look at this. You know, I'm always pushing for the full, you know, full panel thyroid. Let's go in and do this. And obviously, again, having to have that battle with a doctor as to why that's necessary. (laughs) But getting it and then looking at it in terms of functional ranges and not medical ranges and being able to say, look, let's look at doing X, Y, and Z to support your thyroid so that we don't see a deterioration where you do meet disease threats thresholds and that quite often is enough yeah yeah and I just want to point out to people in the U.S. because it is such a struggle sometimes to get a doctor that is even going to ponder going past TSH which tells us very little yeah really Um, helpful test that isn't it yeah yeah and you know and things like thyroid antibodies aren't even on you know the picture at all until way too late in the game for a lot of women Um, but there is a a newer company called Paloma Health and I think it's available in 38 states and their whole focus is thyroid amazing yeah that is telehealth and they have an option of utilizing functional doctors as part of this so I worked with them and you know they go into all of the things you know that we need for our thyroid to function properly. Like we un, you mm. know, need to understand how our magnesium levels and our zinc levels yeah. and all these things Brilliant. are, you know? And so um, if you don't have a doctor and you're in the U S you know, that is going to mm. really test your thyroid, I would highly recommend Paloma um, mm. because it's, you know, I, the, I do like that some of these companies, if you want to call them that, you know, are, are sort of popping out based on our healthcare system that isn't, <laughs> So wonderful on the whole. Oh, know? honey, you should be seeing where we're at in Britain. I'm sure. You know? I'm sure. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Like... yeah, everyone's just like, please, God, don't let me get ill. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> pretty much. Um, so, I mean, I love that we've covered some of the major, major areas, really, you mm. know, adrenal health, thyroid health, and then, yeah. you know, certainly, obviously, our insulin is so important, and then diving into estrogen and progesterone. Are there uh, any sort of connections you see at all with like testosterone levels or DHEA levels Mm. and ADHD? Yeah. 
So DHEA, not so much, because it's one that we're not really on here in the UK in terms of testing. People kind of go, what? Sorry, what are you talking about? (laughs) So there's not very much discussion around that. But I have no doubt that I would see like imbalances in that, particularly when they're coming back in the Dutch tests. Um, Testosterone, interestingly, I tend to see we have higher amounts, Mm, um, which, again, I think is linked through to our insulin dysregulation so it's not uh, tends doesn't tend to be kind of at PCOS like that not that kind of picture but we tend to be and I actually think I would describe myself as quite a testosterone woman you know not in terms of like my build I think like but my personality and character and I see that quite a lot yeah um so yes again no research but that's what I see through experience and that makes sense. I mean, and going back to the PCOS you were talking about earlier, you know, that connection there, which obviously mm-hmm. testosterone is often yeah. high in too, you know? And so um, I, I love these kinds of discussions because I hope people that are listening start to see all these connections, right? And yeah. that again, no matter which hormonal irregularity is going on, there's these base foundations to take care yeah. of all of them, you know? Honestly, I we have to bring hormones into every medical discussion when you are dealing with a woman you cannot afford whether it's ADHD or something else you cannot pretend she doesn't have a cycle which is how we've operated since medicine existed Mm -hmm. they affect everything our hormones as you know affect every system in our body why are we not considering them in every treatment plan you know we know for example that women are much more likely to have side effects to medicine Mm -hmm. why are we not having that conversation you know we have to bring this discussion in on all these levels and not just focus on progesterone estrogen and say let's shut it down with the pill you know know. let's look at them all they don't exist in a vacuum these imbalances it's the system let's nourish ourselves come back to this nourishment we're in depletion all the time give ourselves permission guilt-free to nourish ourselves ah so good yes Mm -hmm. like you're speaking my language for sure (laughs) so let everybody know how they can get in contact with you um, I like to hang out on Instagram. So I'm okay. Harmonize You on Instagram. Um, I offer free discovery calls for women because, you know, I don't have all the answers. Um, but I have an amazing community of different practitioners and therapists. So if I spoke to you and I'm not the right person, I will probably know somebody who is. But honestly, if you're a woman struggling with ADHD and you want to manage that, look at your hormones because they play such a big role and they can do so much to create your ADHD friendly lifestyle. So come, come and chat to me on Instagram. I love speaking to people on there. And then do you have a group too that you were talking about? Yeah. So, um, run, um, we have a WhatsApp group called ADHD divas. I don't know most of the women on there now. It's just like grown and grown and grown. It's amazing. (laughs) Like it's just great. It's a place to be completely unmasked. And some, like people share really good tips. People talk about medications. People talk about lifestyle practices. And then we share really funny memes or educational things or different workshops. Like it, it goes in flurries, yeah. but it's such an incredible community and resource of support. So that is um, something that's open for any woman affected by ADHD. You don't have to be diagnosed. If by the time you say to me, I've got ADHD, I don't need you to be diagnosed because, you know, I think people think we just wake up one morning and go, yeah, I think I'm going to say I've got ADHD. They don't know we've been down that rabbit hole for days. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Too funny. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing all of your incredible information today. It's been just beautiful and eye-opening and you know i i love that these are the discussions that we're having now Mm. and every time uh you know a woman hears this and goes aha i'm just i'm so happy about that you know so thank you for the work that you're doing and and sharing with everyone i'm just so grateful to be here honestly to have this conversation if it just reaches one woman who goes oh my gosh that's me then it's worthwhile so i really appreciate you thank you yeah absolutely all right you guys thanks for being here and i